everyone, and thanks for joining us for another instalment of Inspired Parenting. It's great to be here, and Di and I are really thrilled and grateful to have the amazing Shelley Archer with us. Shelley spreads her talents far and wide, but today we have her here in her role as president of Friends of Nagala and Nagala board member. For those of you who don't know Nagala, I'd have to say it's like the Rolls-Royce of parenting services in Western Australia, with a wide range of support for parents, families, children, and the community in general. I'm going to let Shelley unpack all the wonderful things that Nagala does in a minute. Welcome, Shelley. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank Hello. You. Hello, Hello, ladies. Hi. So so lovely to be here with you both. Yeah. Shelley, we're really thrilled to have you here today. And also the timing's great given that Nagala is celebrating its 130th mm. year, which is That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm, and you've had your own personal experience with Nagala at a young age when things were very, very different to today's world. And that's given you a lifelong passion to support the organisation and spread the word so that others can benefit from the services they offer. Firstly, we'd love you to share your story and how you became involved with Nagala. So my story actually started in 1974 when I found out at the very tender age of 15 that I was Mm. pregnant. Now, I had no idea that I was pregnant. So when my family sent me to the, the local GP and he said, you're pregnant, I went, oh, no, I can't be. I'm not married. (laughs) <laughs> which was oh, yeah. like, because being a strict Catholic, you didn't learn how babies were made. made. So um, as a consequence of that, and because I came from a strict Catholic family and it was still very embarrassing back in those days mm-hmm. to be an unwed mother at my age, my parents um, hid me in Nagala. So Nagala back then was actually for single unwed mums who parents were a little embarrassed about having around home. Mm. So you would go there and you would stay. I stayed there for five months um, during the last, and that was the last five months of my pregnancy. Once you have the baby, you have to stay there for another 10 days. But Nagala back in those days was all about um, young women going there and then um, adopting their children out. Mm. I was one of the lucky ones because... I said to my father when my daughter arrived, you as a Catholic tell me that every um, child is a gift from God. So why is mine different and you Mm. want me to give her up? And so my dad convinced my mum and so we were able to keep her. 99% of the young women who were in there with me actually gave their children up for adoption. So sad. It is so sad. And what a frightening time for you as a 15-year-old. You know, I'm Mm. dealing with 14 and 15-year-olds right now who are still trying to work out who they are, what Mm. their identity is. And you're a baby, you know, having a baby. Having a baby. Yeah. Mm. And, and not actually understanding that you are or how it even happened. No. It's even more time. I mean, how we've changed. Thanks <laughs> for sharing that. That's mm. a very personal story. And thankfully, as you said, Di, the attitudes to young single mums have changed dramatically. They're mm. not going to be hidden away as you were. No. Um, so we'll leave that dark past behind. But, Di, some women and girls still find themselves in the position of being pregnant and alone. Firstly, do you come across many women in this situation and what advice can you offer them? Because going it alone isn't easy, but for some women, it might be the only opportunity to experience motherhood that they're ever going to have, or they just decide they want to have a baby regardless of their situation, or 
even sadder. The sad part of the other equation of this part, equation is that they couldn't find themselves in that situation due to circumstances beyond their control. Mm. Like and they're left and they're single and they're a parent. Yes, and mm. there are still teen mums happening. But, you know, mm. sex education in schools is a little bit better. I'm not going to say it's fantastic because it's not. <laughs> no, and it's we've not. still got a long way to go in sex education with our kids. Um, but at least, you know, children generally have a little bit more knowledge than you did back in those times. But you're right, there's also um, women who they fall pregnant, um, it's not planned, father doesn't want to stick around, and we're seeing more and more women who are taking control of their own dreams and saying, I can't find the man I want to settle down with, I'm going to have a baby on my own. Mm. And, you know, regardless of what the situation is, being a single mum is tough. It's it difficult. And um, it's financially and emotionally draining. Um, and the best advice I can give here is know that you don't have to go it alone. And mm. knowing that there are services like Nagala out there yes. who can mm. support. And I know Shelley will touch more on, on what services they provide. But, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. And while some people may choose not to have a village, I see a lot of benefits in having a village for your ch children because... They may connect with somebody different to you. They may mm. find that, they, that we're all little personalities and these little personalities need bigger personalities to um, connect with. So having a village supports you but also supports the child. And I found for me, I was a single mum for a really long time. I was super lucky. I had parents who helped me out. So my girls had grandparents they were very close to. And if you've got that support, that's wonderful. But I am aware that many women don't have anyone. And we're actually struggling with a whole lot of women who are now homeless and single parents as well. So there's a, a, a big array of issues that services like Nagawa are having to take care of. So for a single parent, reach out to community organisations, reach out to teachers, reach out to your doctor or reach out to your professional and say, mm. what, what is out there for me? And don't be afraid to ask for that help. Yeah, great advice there, Di. Mm. And Shelley, for those who aren't aware, could you please give us a brief outline of Nagala's activities and services? Because there really is a wealth of help out there for those who need it if they go looking. Yes, oh, absolutely. And we've changed so much from 1974, where it was giving your child up for adoption, training to be a mothercraft nurse, or if you're a parent or parents who weren't coping, you could actually pop your children in there for two, three, four, five days. So that service, we've stopped the adoptions, we've stopped the mothercraft nursing, and we've expanded so much now. Our services are amazing. So we've got the Strong Growing Brains, program. Now we developed that for our, um, Aboriginal children and it was all about educating young mums and dads about the fact that you shouldn't drink during your pregnancies and you know eat healthy and don't smoke because your baby's brain starts in the womb. Mm -hmm. And so we look at the 1000 Days program as well, which is developing your child's brain over that time. We have mother we have mothers groups. So if you're a new mum and you're not coping, we have mother's groups at uh, Nagala. We have a fly and fly out program for fathers. So that's all about dads. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, that's amazing. It is. So yeah. it's all about dads who are away and come home and 
And as you know, mum and the kids have got their routine. Dad comes in and goes, I'm going to disrupt this routine. Mm. So it's trying to uh, deal with that. FIFO Fathers. Yeah, FIFO Fathers. Mm. Brilliant program. One of our best ones, though, that I think, and it's very much in demand, is our hospital. And the hospital is, we have to call it a hospital because you stay there. Mm. So you can stay one night, two nights, three nights, five nights. Now, it can either be yourself and your baby or it can be you and your husband and your your other children, as well as the little one who's not sleeping well or who's got colic or, you know, a whole range of issues. And the whole idea about that is you stay, you have a team around you, a village. Yeah, so I we've got that. a village looking after you yeah. and you'll have a, a nurse, you'll have a doctor, paediatrician, a counsellor. So they will all help you um, cope with and come to terms with and find strategies around um, coping with that child and, and what that child's issues might be. A lot of them is really about they're not sleeping at night, uh, they've got colic. Um, they're the two main ones that we deal with there, but there's a whole range of other issues mm. there. You know, one of the one of the issues that comes up is you know, there's three siblings in the house and one wakes up and that one wakes up and the third one wakes up and then wakes the baby up. Um, so it's then treating the whole family about how, you know, here, Mum, you get this one down, you get this one down and this one down. So I um, love this that. Is, yeah. And I know, I think for people listening, there will be people listening going, well, how, how can I be part of that? Are there mm. long waiting lists for people to be part of that service? Um, so at Nagala, we've got two streams that you can use. So if you've got private health, um, you can go in that way, but we've always, always set aside a certain amount of beds and hours and, and days for those who don't have private health. And there's quite a few out there who mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and for me, those are the mums that really need a lot of support because they're usually um, from their single mums or, you know, the husband's uh, not around anymore or the partner's not around anymore or if he is, he's not around very often. So we've got two streams and what you do is you, there's a parenting line at Nagala, you ring. Nagala will first of all say to you, uh, there's various other services that we can provide to you. We suggest you use those and if you're still not coping, we will um, suggest you come in here to the hospital and uh, work with our team our fabulous team of staff here to help you with that little one at home. Now you can do that more than once. So if you've if you've brought the little one in and you go home and six months later it's still not working or three months later, you can still come back. And there's always that support. So the little one's not sleeping or not eating or got colic or whatever and you're not coping, you're straight on to the parenting line. They've got a file on you already so they can just say to you, this is what you, you, you try this, do this. Why don't you try that? Have you tried this? So they just spend a lot of time going through on the parenting line how you can cope before, during and after um, getting your, your child settled. Wow, it's fabulous support, isn't it? It is, and I love they've got different options. So yeah. they're saying, try, we've got these other services first, mm-hmm. and if they don't work, come, come back here if you need to. But yeah. it's giving someone options. It's not saying, no, we, we, we just can't fit you in right now. No, mm. yeah, no. That's wonderful. So basically, 
it's all about empowering Powering yourself, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. So what yeah. other things can we do to empower Oh, look, as a ourselves? parent, you, there is so much different advice out there mm. and there are so many different experts. Mm. And I'm very passionate in saying to people, empower yourself with as much information as you possibly can. But realise that you're working with little individuals. They're unique human beings. So what works for someone is not going to work for another. Mm. So take the bits of advice that you think may work for that child um, and leave the rest. Don't, don't feel so overwhelmed by all the information that is out there mm. and you're going to have to try new things it's really trial and error all the time when it comes to raising children it's um, so true you mm. know I work with families one-on-one -on -one and I'll give them tips and strategies but I always leave them by saying give it a go if it's not going to work we're going to have to try something else um, you can listen to podcasts like ours today, mm. but there's also books and columns and attending workshops. Um, I run a lot of different workshops mm. and the workshops I run are mainly with parent and child together. And the reason I do that is I want the family, very similar to what you were saying mm, with yeah, the, the gala, I want involved. the family to have a toolkit to mm. go home and work on. Um, because if you just speak to mum or dad or you just speak to the kids, there's always this, uh, you know, the miscommunication occurs. There's a disconnect mm. because and they're not part of it Absolutely, together. and mm. you can't go and follow through with it. So I think workshops where parent and child are attending together if they're old enough is really valuable. Um, I've got my Parenting Through the Primary Years book as well. And the reason I wrote that was I was working with a lot of women who, and no one wants to be lectured to, but I was working with a lot of women who just want really simple information. Mm -hmm. So I wrote something very simplistic, easy to read. You could read it in an evening if you wanted to, but it just covers that parent, you know, the primary school age from five to 12, where you've got the sleeping, the nutrition, how do you manage teachers, friendships, anxiety, all those sort of issues. Mm. But there are many other experts out there too. So to connect with someone who works for you. Yeah, great. And I think that's really important that you find that organisation or that tool that connects with you yes. and your, mm. your child. Whether So our main area is from, from newborn to five, and that's where you take over yeah. <laughs> with yeah. yours. Which and is that's your, why yes. collaboration for me, I'm very yeah. big on... Mm collaborating with all other people and services because I, I often think to myself, imagine if we had a big round table where we sat all these services around and we discussed what we provided and what we did and we came together and were able to find a way to share that with parents to say, mm. look, here's your choices mm. because it's wonderful for parents to know they have a choice but mm. it's wonderful for us as services to know like I've got uh, Nagala to refer people to. Mm. Yeah. I think that's mm. wonderful. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, sharing wisdom yeah. is very yeah. important. And Shelley, you gave us a brilliant outline on the sleep uh, services provided at Nagala. But Di, can you give us some? Yeah, some absolutely. of your basic. I can give you some great of my tips really basic for tips. Sleep. Again, yeah. remember that every child is different, and yes. you're going to have to find a sleep routine that works for a child. Now, the routine being the key word there. Yes. Routines are really critical for children because it helps them feel safe and secure. They've got that sense of predictability about what's going to happen. Um, but you know, a, a sleep routine may be that the same time at night you're going to put your child down but before they go to sleep they might want something like cuddle time or story time you don't want to wind them up so you want to do something relaxing with them um, I know with my daughters they even loved meditative stories where we just guide them through a meditation story to calm them down or a cuddle my daughter's 14 now and she still loves me to lay next to her in bed and talk for 10 minutes about her day just calms her down, mm. helps us connect, and she's able to fall asleep. 
But for young children, um, you want to keep them relaxed. You want to keep them calm. So dad coming in and being the tickle monster is not a great mm. idea. <laughs> my dad used to do that. Oh, he used no, to drive my mum yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they tend to do that. They do. Dad's the sometimes. Oh, now it's my turn. Yeah. My part of the day where I get to play with the kids. And you go, no, not now. No, We're not now. now. Don't wind them up. That's, no. I'm sure it's that really goes around all the neighbourhoods. Yeah. yeah. I mean, another thing. They to, mean well. They do mean well, <laughs> which is gorgeous. But, mm. um, yeah, maybe have that conversation prior to bedtime. Mm. But dream jars are something that I find kids love as well, where they mm. have sat with you and written different dreams that make them happy. Put them in a jar, and before they go to bed, they get to choose a dream before they go to sleep. I think, Di, you've used well, that just, before, haven't I, you? I used mm. that because we talked about it in a previous podcast. So we have it's we've got a dream box box has been working well but she's um we now need to replenish because she's bored with the dreams that she's already had. And so no but that's typical it is. so you're talking about personalities of different children so i've got three in my house and um one of the little girls just responds to that beautifully like oh it's unicorns and rainbows and i'm running through a field and there's fairies chasing me brilliant and the other one no i don't want to hear about a unicorn <laughs> So they're all different. So she, yeah. So you have to just keep revising the strategies. Mm. But the most important thing, as you said, keeping them calm, and that's not always easy. No, it's not. It's not. So please don't give your children sugar right before they're going to to bed either. And and the other thing is, you older children, if they're going to nap during the day, keep those naps short because otherwise that child's not going to go to bed until much later. And keeping noise and too much light out of your child's room is a good idea. But if they need a nightlight, you can get some beautiful nightlights that just makes them feel safe. And you can get the little stars on the ceiling. They've got new blankets now, which have got the glowing stars on the Mm. blanket. Oh, there's some beautiful tools that you can use. I'll 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 share an interesting story with you. I just recently worked with the most beautiful five-year-old little girl, and um, I got called in to help her with her sleep. Now, she's Mm. also been working um, with different professionals on this, but her mum said, I did one thing different, and this is what any any parent can do. Mm. When she was explaining that she was afraid of the dark and she was scared of going to bed, I took her into her bedroom with her mum, and I said, okay, show me how you go to bed and lay in your bed and tell me what you see. Now, she had collected buttons on her curtains and she said, they're eyes. At night, they turn into eyes, so we took the buttons off. The Mm. fan had a logo in the centre that she said looked like a face, so we covered that up. Then she saw that there was something hanging from the ceiling that she said was a scary monster with tentacles, so we took that down. So when you see through the eyes of a child Mm. what they're seeing, you're able to help them by removing some of that and then talking them through. Because children are very, they're concrete in their thinking and they're extremely visual. Mm. So sometimes we as parents and adults, we have to stop and go, how do I see this through the eyes of my child? Mm. Yeah, I've one issue we've had is if the cupboard is so the wardrobe door is open just a tiny bit that's an issue absolutely so you're right just i just like to touch again on the daytime sleeping light mm. when you transition because we had that like in daycare or at kindy they still used to take their little pillow and have a daytime sleep and all those kids are at different stages so some of the children would probably you know they'd conk out for the for the whole afternoon and they let them but I went through a period where the children were coming home and they didn't want to go to sleep as you're saying and I had to work with the daycare centre and say look please if you're going to let them have a sleep wake them up after 30 minutes because 
it just wasn't working at night. And that happened over quite a long period of time. It took a long time to really work together with them because they want to go to sleep. And you think, if a child's tired, let them go to sleep. But if they're then not going to sleep and at 10 o'clock at night they're bouncing off the walls, Mm. that's not good. But it's great you worked in partnership to have that conversation with them because Mm. childcare centres that I'm working in now, they're getting much better at having a space for kids to go and have their naps or their sleep but it's a small area they don't expect every child to be in there at the same time so they're managing Mm. more that individualized needs and and Mm. that's really important it did used to be now's nap time everyone go down on your mats there you go but that's changing now oh that's good to hear so we didn't well that's the Mm. same as at nagala and we've got our eld centers which is you know, childcare centres. And that's the same. So there's a little area over there. And if you really need to go for a nap, off you go. Um, and then there's other areas within our elds which says you, you can go and draw or you can go and read mm. or you can go outside and play. Um, keep the noise down a little bit because there's other little ones having a sleep. Mm. And I think that's how we have developed um, as a village and a society to say, actually, not every single child who walks in here needs a two-hour sleep in the afternoon because oh. they don't. Um, and you've got the different ages, you know, mm. two through to four or five are there, so and they don't need it. No, yeah, they don't. Need. But I think what's really wonderful, the message that has come through today, is the flexibility that we have now. Yeah. Like, once upon a time, it was rigid. Everyone was going to do the same thing. Everybody's about working together, using the support, using the village, finding the tools that you want. Mm. Um, is there anything else at Nagala that you may think, oh, I oh, could have thought about? Oh, I mean, I know there's so much. There's so much that we do. But I, I think one of the best programs that we run, and that's the strong, uh, Growing Strong Brains program, mm. and that was developed um, with the Carnarvon mob. And... Our team from Geraldton met the Carnarvon mob, mm. uh, met with the elders, uh, the mums, the dads, the aunties, uh, and talked about what is it that you need and what are the tools that you need here um, to teach your young people about the dangers of um, alcohol and smoking, especially if you're pregnant. So, and as you've said earlier, you know, the sex education out there isn't always the best. Um, so you've still got young women uh, falling pregnant at, at 14, 15, 16 and 17 and dad not wanting to hang around. Mm. But it's about um, teaching these young ones that drinking or not eating nutritionally or smoking or taking drugs um, is not is going to hurt your baby. Mm. So that program's been developed, you've seen it, it's mm. called Growing Strong Brains, and it shows a story about, you know, when you're born, your brain's this big, and at three years of age, that's as big as your brain grows. Mm. So as an adult, your brain's still that same wor- size. Yeah, you're working with what you're keeping yeah. at three. So, so that so, thousand mm. days... Is so important for the development now for our young ones and their brains. So this program that we've developed is where I'm trying to now raise funds to take it even further yeah, out. I was going to say to expand yes, that absolutely because that's I want to see that in high schools. Yeah, oh, that'd be lovely. I would like to see that in yeah, high schools. And it's mm. interesting because my partner's Swedish and he was saying in Sweden, even um, in year eleven and twelve, compulsory to do a parenting course. Yeah. Now, we, in my mind, why aren't we offering that in our schools here? A lot of the schools do offer that. Mm, but so, it's not compulsory. No. Mm, and optional. I know my granddaughter had to do it, and she, 
she had to bring a, a, a little semi-live baby home That's for right. two weeks, you know, and it would wake up oh, at two o'clock in the baby morning. Baby Bjorn or something, wasn't yeah, it? Oh, I gosh. That. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, and it's so funny because it's mm. sort of like you've got this young 15-year-old living at home with you and you hear this baby in two o'clock in the morning. You've got to go <laughs> and wake the, the 15-year-old oh. and go, come on, come on, you've got to look after this little one. That was a real eye-opener for her and all her mm. friends. So that... That little baby went for two weeks with them. They had to feed it, change nappies. They carried it with them um, in mm. school. So 24-7 they had this baby. I think, I think that's, it's great. I yeah, think, it's, I yeah, think really that's when my granddaughter went, oh, Nuna, I don't think I want to have kids. No, I'm so. not, I was just going to say, that might put them up going, yeah, we don't want a big hurry for that. I think we'll just keep going, climbing yeah. and dancing. And don't want to turn them off completely <laughs> because children are a joy, but... Yes. Oh, when um, they hit 20, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> they've grown up a bit. Yeah. Like, maybe I can cope. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah, so do I. But there are so many programs that we want that we run, and and all the programs are about helping. And it's just not mums and dads. We do we help um, grandparents who are now responsible mm-hmm. for their children, or aunts and uncles, Wonderful. or yeah. cousins, whoever it might be. There is there is a program out there. If you ring the the parenting line, they will say to you, "We've got this one. I think that's suitable for you." We've got programs in Rockingham, up in Midland, so mm-hmm. uh, up in Geraldton, up in Carnarvon. Um, let's take it out even further to the Pilbara and the Kimberley. Um, but there's every there's something for everybody there. I love the fact that Nagala's been around for 130 mm. years, and they have just adapted to the to the the, to the situation yeah. of the day. Yeah. Sign they of a good organisation. Yeah. They really have, and, mm. and it's wonderful. Yeah. But look, thanks so much for sharing your story and. Nagala's story and and the services that are out there. It was amazing. It, it, there's so much and and the website is just if they just Google Nagala N G A L A or look on our um, webpage too, yeah. it'll be on there. Uh, that I just think it's a fantastic tool and I think mm. we've touched on some great stuff. Thanks, Di. No, as always, thank you, thank you, you Shelley. Thank, thank you, Di. And Shelley, you're you're amazing because thank you, you very really much. you've given Nagala a huge profile. Thank um, you very much. really have, and, it, and it's very worthwhile, and it's, it's so needed, and it's a great tool. Thanks, everybody, Cheers. for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, Goodbye. everyone. Thank you.